Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Finishing up our series on a new year in Jesus, we now turn to what we can do to help us achieve the goals we've set for ourselves in 2024. Jesus declared in Matthew 6, verse 33, quote, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. As Christians, nothing is more important in our growth in Jesus than increasingly seeking him and his kingdom, as opposed to ourselves and our kingdom, in everything we do. Let's open our Bible now that we might learn how to indeed seek first his kingdom and his righteousness so that everything else will take care of itself. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to another teaching and uh, hopefully you're having a, a good new year so far in Jesus. We should should be about, what, halfway through the month of January now. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Hopefully you're having a, a, a wonderful and productive new year in Jesus. Hopefully you're having a renewed year in Jesus. My, uh, my son-in-law, Nathan, and my daughter, Kristen, who come up with the titles for these teachings, um, they had liked a renewed year in Jesus. So uh, that sounds good, doesn't it, right? Let's be renewed in Jesus, right, in, uh, in 2024. So I was hoping that, uh, that this would be the last teaching, and it, it may be a two-part teaching, but I think we're going to wrap up the series here. Um, it may have uh, two parts. And what we're going to talk about now is, is, is walking with Jesus. What do we do now? Okay, so in the first four teachings, we discussed, you know, our goals and what we want to accomplish and our focus. And now we're going to talk about how to do it. Okay, so walking with Jesus, how to walk effectively with Jesus and, you know, the things we need to do throughout each day to accomplish the goals that we want and our spiritual life and our growth in Jesus Christ in uh, in 2024, right? So thank you, Lord Jesus. It's exciting. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness, your favor, your grace, your wonder, your love. We thank you for a new year, Father. We thank you for the privilege, Lord, that you give us to, to know you, Father. We thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you for adopting us as your sons and daughters. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for saving us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you for willingly becoming a human man for us, one and all. We thank you for willingly living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf and in our place that we could certainly never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on the cross that we certainly deserve to die. And we thank you that you're alive and risen and we worship you today, our risen savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you as always to give us eyes that see, ears to hear, hearts that understand. We want to know Jesus. We want to love Jesus, Holy Spirit. We want to obey him and please him. It's in Jesus name we pray, amen and amen. All right, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, so we got a lot of scriptures. Like I said, it, uh, it'll it probably be, you know, uh, this last teaching will probably be a two-part teaching, but let's go to Matthew 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33. So what do we do now, okay? How do we live our lives moment by moment, day by day? 
Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Okay, so as you as you walk out this year in 2024, we want to have a focus of first seeking Jesus, right? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. We want to, to seek him, right? And in right relationship with him, right living in him, right? We want to we want to seek first Jesus in his heart and his desire and his will for our lives. And, and Jesus tells us that that everything else will handle itself. Let that sink in. If if we could grow in this in 2024, if we could get 10% better, let alone 20% better or 30% better and actually walking that up, this out each day, okay? Because I, I, I have a tendency, I confess, that the first thing I seek in different, in different circumstances, in different situations, and I'm not just talking about in difficult or hard ones, but in fun ones, you know, sometimes Jesus is not the first thing I seek, right? I'm, I'm a huge football fan. I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan. And sometimes I just, you know, I, you know, sometimes I seek first that football game or sometimes what's on my mind is, man, I'm looking forward to these playoffs and I want to see my Cowboys do well, you know. So it's a skill, okay, to walk out this scripture. This is an exhortation from Jesus himself to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, okay? So instead of seeking our own kingdom, right, or the kingdom of the world, let's look forward to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, and seek him in his heart and his will, and right relationship with him, right living in him, and everything else will take care of itself. Literally, if we make, if we put first things first, second things, third things, fourth things, fifth things, and all the other things will handle themselves. It's a profound biblical principle, okay? Let's look at James 4, verses 7 and 8. Kind of hard scriptures here, and uh, you know, as I was meditating on including these today, I, uh, yeah, I thought we ought to do it. Stephen will certainly be happy. Stephen's kind of a hard man. The, uh, Stephen's over all the, the IT and, you know, Stephen likes it just to be a good, firm exhortation. So this will fall right in line with that. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Um, when I examine again my own life, I'm trying to, I wanna make 2024 by far the greatest year of my life in growing in Jesus. As we've said, living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. I, I never heard anyone else say that. It's something the Holy Spirit, I believe, gave me like, I don't know, just those four lines in a row. I think it was like six, seven years ago, but I like it, right? Um, you know, I'd like 2024 for me and for all of us to be that year, the greatest year of growing and walking with Jesus, right? Um, and so James tells us, first of all, to submit ourselves then to God, 
okay? Um, Jesus told us in Matthew 28, all authority in heaven on earth, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Matthew 28, 18, right? He's the boss to everything. So we want to submit ourselves increasingly to him and to the scriptures, okay? The way we submit ourselves to him is by spending time in the scriptures, and we're going to talk about that here, as what we do is, is it's essential to be in our Bible. But as you're in your Bible, you're reading it, you're trying to comprehend it, you're studying it with a heart to obey it. James 4, verse 7, submit yourselves then to God, okay? That's number one. We want to submit ourselves to the Word of God and the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So it takes effort. This is a hard one. What does it mean to resist the devil? It means to, to resist the temptations that, that the devil and the demonic forces of hell put on us. Now, the reality is that James is making it clear that we do have a spiritual enemy. Satan and, and all the spiritual forces of hell. Remember, Satan is is one being. He can only be one place in one time, but there are millions upon millions of demons, okay? Um, if we take Revelation 12 literally, um, and, and, and uh, you know, John says, I believe it's in Revelation 4, that he saw 10,000 times 10,000 um, angels. That number is 100 million. Then you get over to Revelation 12, and it says there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels, and, and Michael and his angels defeated the devil and his angels, and they were, they were cast down to the earth. Um, that a third of them, right? It says, and it says a third of them, that the devil deceived a third of the holy angels. They sided with the devil, and there was war. So a third of 100 million is, say, 33 million, 333,333 and a half, 34, right? Um, and they were defeated and tossed to the earth. So if we actually take the numbers literally, which is possible, there's, you know, like 33,333,333 demons in the earth. They don't die, okay? Now, again, th th that could be figurative, but the point is there's a devil and then there are there are there are millions of fallen angels, which are demons that we have to resist. Okay, now the only way to resist them is by spending more time with Jesus. But again, when a temptation comes into your mind, when a thought comes into your mind, when a worldly desire comes into your mind, when when a desire to think something, say something, or do something sinful comes into your mind, you want to resist it. Okay. Um, now, again, the only way we're going to be able to increasingly resist it is by growing to know Jesus more and more, by walking with Jesus more deliberately and more intentionally in every aspect of our lives is the only way that we're going to be able to effectively and increasingly resist the devil and the spiritual forces of hell that are at war with us, right? They are literally at war with us, right? There's a spiritual battle that we can't see with our natural eyes. Nothing will help us to do that more than spending time literally reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures, and obeying the scriptures. By doing it ourselves, first of all, okay, spending time reading your Bible, and then listening to good, sound, verse-by-verse -verse Bible teaching. That's what we try uh, to hopefully effectively provide here. And these teachings and these podcasts, or if you're listening on YouTube uh, or watching on YouTube and listening, um, 
by, by spending time in the scriptures, growing to know the scriptures, that spiritual food for your soul is, is a massive benefit once you're a genuine Christian and have the Holy Spirit living in you in resisting the devil. Okay, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You keep resisting and ultimately they're going to move on to another target, right? But look at verse eight, come near to God and he will come near to you. Do you see the clear cause and effect of every one of these statements? Submit yourselves unto God, resist the devil and he will flee to you from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. So again, the more we, we draw close to our heavenly father, in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the Holy Spirit, and we do this only in Jesus, the more they'll draw close to us, okay? Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So again, the ball's in our court. We could, Jesus would love to spend every waking moment with us, right? But then look at how he ends it. James says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. All of us as, as Christians, as those who are truly trusting in Jesus, we can still see a little, you know, certain levels of double-mindedness in us, right? If we didn't have any double-mindedness, our entire lives would be about zealously, lovingly, fervently living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus. We really wouldn't have other interests, okay? The greatest men and women of God who actually got to a point in their transformation and their walk with Jesus growing to be more and more like him. Remember, this has nothing to do with our salvation. Our salvation from sin and going to heaven when we die, being delivered from going to hell, we have nothing to do with that. That comes only by receiving and trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. But growing in Jesus, growing to not be double-minded comes as we cooperate with Jesus in a, in a process called sanctification, it's a biblical word that means increasing holiness and Christ-likeness, being like Jesus in the life of the Christian, in the life of the believing Christian, okay? But we all have levels of double-mindedness, okay, where we're still, you know, our thinking is, you know, the more we grow, it's less and less, but still it's, it's very difficult to not be, be influenced by the thinking of the world. The church, right, those who are genuinely trusting in Jesus has been overwhelmed with it. Never in the history of the church have we been more inundated and overwhelmed by worldly thinking. Okay, now again, there's incredible technology that the enemy uses to, to aid that, right? All social media, all, you know, golly, TV, everything online. There are, you know, there, there, there are massive tools now that technology has given to the enemy, but they're also given to us, for us. You can use your, and again, I don't have any social media. Um, I did get a Pinterest account that my daughter helped me, helped me, you know, kind of put together because I like looking at them pictures of some cool pictures on there. Um, but that's the only thing I have. Um, um, but, you know, um, what, what is it? It's Facebook, right? Um, Instagram, I think, right? Snapchat, TikTok. Um, these are all social media that we can use for Jesus. If you have these social medias, and actually my daughter Kristen has them set up for, 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 for kingdom discipleship, but use it for Jesus, right? Use your Facebook for Jesus. Use your Instagram for Jesus, your Snapchat for Jesus, your TikTok for Jesus, or whatever social media there is, right? So, but we want, you know, as we do this more and more, 
will we'll, we'll purify our hearts from being double-minded and being singularly focused on living our lives in Jesus and for Jesus is the greatest blessing in our lives and and it'll it'll cause us to be the most fruitful and effective disciples we can be right all right so how are we going to do that now okay how are we going to effectively do that well the lord has given us tools the primary tool we have to effectively live for jesus to effectively submit ourselves to god to effectively resist the devil and have him flee from us to effectively come near to god to effectively wash our hands and and, and grow in holiness as sinful men and women, and to effectively purify our hearts and our minds from being double-minded, having a foot in Jesus and a foot in the world, the, you know, the, the most effective tool we've been given, as I've said over and over, is the scriptures, okay? The scriptures are the living word of God. When you're reading your Bible, your, your soul is actually being fed, you're being fed spiritual food when you're reading the Bible, um, when you're listening to the scriptures, or again, if you're listening to good, sound Bible-based teaching, you're being fed in the scriptures, okay? That is the most effective tool we have is for you to spend time in your Bible. And the second, and they ought to be two sides of the same coin, <clears throat> is prayer, right? And under prayer, we'll say prayer and thanksgiving and praise and worship and all of these things, right? Um, but but having a lifestyle this year in 2024 of spending more time in your Bible, nothing, I, I can't say it clear enough, nothing will help you more to walk with Jesus and have a greater desire to walk with Jesus than spending time in your Bible intentionally, even when you don't feel like it, every day, and spending time in increasing prayer, increasing thanksgiving, praise and worship to your heavenly Father, Jesus Christ our Lord, and to the Holy Spirit. Okay, again, remember I say it all the time, our God is one being. Okay, he's one God, but three distinct individual separate persons. Okay, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus Christ, you have a relationship with each of them that you want to cultivate. So again, you can pray to God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. You can certainly praise and worship and thank God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. But again, these relationships, all of them flow entirely in and through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're not a Christian today, if you haven't received Jesus Christ our Lord, if, you, if you're not genuinely trusting and relying on him right now for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, then you cannot know God in any way. God the Father is not your heavenly Father. God the Son, Jesus, is not your Lord and Savior and Master and King. And God the Holy Spirit is not your guide, your counselor, and your comforter. It's only in Jesus that we can have any relationship any knowledge of who God is in any manner and in any way. That's just the plain teaching of the scriptures, right? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The very words of Jesus himself, right? All right. So we're going to talk about, you know, spending time in the scriptures, spending time in prayer, okay? Okay. In everything we do, we want to emulate Jesus. 
literally in everything we do, we want to increasingly emulate Jesus. When Jesus walked the earth for 33 and a half years, he consistently quoted the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. He knew and was certain that the scriptures were the word of God. And when Jesus spoke, anytime Jesus spoke, the letters are generally in red in your Bible. In most Bibles, Jesus's words are the word of God. The entire 66 books of the Bible are actually the living word of God. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, okay? But ultimately, our lives are about Jesus, okay? Are about growing to know Jesus, growing to live in him. So we'll look at prayer first, okay? Um, what kind of prayer life? Throughout the Gospels, you will consistently see Jesus when he took on humanity. So remember, Jesus is God, God the Son, full-blown God. And he added, the second member of the Trinity, God the Son, Jesus, added humanity to his deity. So now he's the God-man. And when he entered time as a human being, we consistently see him praying, praying consistently throughout the Gospels, right? We see him kneeling in prayer. So in 2024, let's make this a year where we're praying more and more and more and more throughout each day. Okay. And I've said this before, let's not focus as much on the, the amount of time we pray in one session. We can get caught up with thinking that if we don't pray 15 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes in the morning or five minutes in the morning or 20 minutes in the morning or 25 minutes in the morning, it's no good, okay? Really what's more effective, it would be, it would be better for you to go to Jesus 20 times in a day for one minute than one time a day for 20 minutes. All right, now why is that, all right? Well, the answer is, is fairly obvious, right? Because you don't just wanna think about Jesus and interact with him for 20 minutes, you know, when you wake up, say at six o'clock in the morning, you want Jesus to be a part of, of your entire day. Now, don't get me wrong. Pray 20 minutes in the morning. Pray 20 minutes in the afternoon. Pray 20 minutes in the evening or 30 minutes or an hour, but then go to him another 20 times for a minute or 30 seconds. The more Jesus is on our mind and in our thoughts, the more effective we're gonna have, the more effective prayer life we'll have, and the deeper intimacy and relationship we'll have with Jesus, and the more effective we'll be as disciples, the better walk we'll have with Jesus, which is the whole purpose of what we're doing this series for, right? Um, so that we have a new year, a renewed year in Jesus, and walking more effectively and deeply and intimately with Jesus Christ our Lord. Bam, wow. So again, Jesus prayed consistently. So I've just put a few, a few scriptures together here about the prayer life of Jesus, okay? All right, Matthew 1, 35. Uh, scratch that, Mark 1, 35. All right, Mark 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. All right, let that just... Let that wash over you now for a second, okay? <clears throat> Very early in the morning, okay? Um, Jesus was an early riser. Um, again, some of us are early risers and some of us are blessed that we can sleep till 
8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. I've never heard of it. Uh, this is not because I'm some good Christian. My whole life, I've just, I'm wired as an early riser. Normally, I'm up around 4.50, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, and I mean, I'm rolling. Now, I go to bed around 9 o'clock at night. So that's what? That's eight hours of sleep, right? But Jesus was a very early riser. So it says, very early in the morning, Mark 1, verse 35. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So we want to emulate Jesus. So whatever time you wake up in the morning, if you happen to be a very early riser, if you don't get out of bed at 9 o'clock, but let's make the first thing we do. When I get out of bed each morning, okay, within the first couple of minutes, right, I may go to the bathroom real quick first and come back. Um, I'm getting older. I, you know, I got to go pee, right? Um, but when I come back, I, uh, you know, I'll kneel, you know, before my bed and I'll, I'll start that day with prayer. And it may only be a minute prayer, right? It's not a long prayer, but not only am I praying, but I'm, I'm kneeling, okay? Um, and, you know, because I want to emulate Jesus. It's very early in the morning. I want to start my thoughts in my walk. And kneeling before Jesus. Sometimes I'll pray to Jesus. Sometimes I'll pray to my Heavenly Father. Sometimes I'll pray to the Holy Spirit. Again, you can pray to God the Father in Jesus. You can pray to Jesus, God the Son in Jesus. Or you can pray to God the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Don't pray to any people, alive or dead. Only each member of our triune God. Again, one God, three dis uh, distinct separate individual persons, right? So, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So we can also see here that it's good to pray with others, okay? It's extremely good. Every day it would be good if you prayed with someone else at least once a day. Get a prayer partner and pray with, pray with someone else, you know, once a day. Fellowship and prayer. I know many who are listening will say, golly, I'm, I've never done that. Again, it's a good habit to develop. If you're married, pray with your spouse once a day, right? You can pray with your children. Um, but, but praying with a, with, a, with a brother or sister in Christ, again, there's tremendous value in that. But we can see here that, that Jesus went to a solitary place. So again, it's important that we have a private prayer life with Jesus as well, right? All right. Let's look at Luke 5, 15 and 16. Luke 5, 15 and 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So Jesus was getting well-known, okay? Massive crowds, you know, scholars could say up to 20,000 people sometimes, right? Um. Yet the news about him spread all the more. The news about Jesus was spreading, Luke 5, 15 and 16, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One of the grief, 
or one of the big issues in Christianity is we may enjoy being with other Christians, and we should. We may enjoy going to church and having fellowship and community with our brothers and sisters in Christ, or just having time with other people and friends. And again, maybe you're an extrovert. Maybe you get life from being around other people. And again, if that's how the Lord's made you, that that's wonderful. Okay. I happen to be an introvert. So, you know, um, I, I can be around people, but I, I, you know, I get life when I'm alone. Right. Uh, my wife explained this to me that an extrovert is someone who recharges or gets life when they're around other people. Right. Um, an introvert is someone who recharges or gets life when they're when they're alone. Um, but so you see these massive crowds coming along with Jesus. But it says in Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So again, it's great if, you know, when you go to church every Sunday and you have fellowship, we need to do that. We need to be in relationship with other, other Christians, other brothers and sisters in Christ, but you have to get alone with Jesus, okay? You want to spend time with Jesus. As I said, it'd be good if 20 times a day for a minute, and if you're not doing it at all, try five times a day, right? Set an alarm on your phone, on your iPad or your Android, whatever you have, but, 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 but set yourself some reminders so that you can pray. And again, start with a minute is fine, okay? And then as you grow, if you can pray for two minutes or three minutes, that's great. As you're praying, thank him and praise him, right? Worship him for all the blessings in your life. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Look at Luke 6, verse 12. Luke 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. So now, you know, we see that the ultimate picture of a growing prayer life is in a maturing prayer life is that, yes, we can pray for more extended periods of time. But again, don't get caught up in this, okay? I'm not Jesus. I've never prayed an entire night, eight hours, right? I've never stayed up from nine o'clock at night to five o'clock in the morning and only prayed, okay? Maybe some of you have done that. Um, Jesus's quantity of prayer here um, is exceptional, but as I've said, it's the quality, right? Most of us, right, until we've grown very deep in our walk with Jesus, the quality of our prayers tends to lessen the longer we do it, right? Distractions come in our head. Now, listen, again, if you can have 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of sound, intimate quality prayer and thanksgiving and praise and worship, that's that's fantastic. And you should, right? And, and we ought to be doing praise and worship, right? Not only on Sunday in church, which is wonderful, right? Um, but also when we're alone, right? Luke 6, 12, one of those days, Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. All right. And the last uh, last verse we'll talk about in prayer, and then in part two, we're going to get into the Word of God, is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Well-known verse for many people. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All right? Again, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Be joyful always. I'd really like that, right? I'm not, but that's the command. Pray continually. Do you see that? We ought to be praying all the time. So again, pray in small blocks of time, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, and have that grow. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Golly, Father, forgive me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness and your grace on our lives. Father, I'm convicted that I certainly do not give thanks in all circumstances, even though it says this is your will for me in Jesus Christ, my Lord. I repent, Father. It's, uh, I confess I give thanks for circumstances that, that, that I enjoy, for circumstances I perceive to be nice and good and pleasant. But Father, I certainly don't give thanks very often for difficult circumstances. So Father, I ask you to help me. I ask you to help us. Our desire, Father, is to walk with Jesus more effectively, to know you, Father, better as our Heavenly Father, to love you more, to obey you more, to be more pleasing to you, Father, to be sons and daughters that walk with you in a more deep and intimate way. Lord Jesus, we worship you and thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. As always, we ask for eyes to see Jesus, ears to hear him, hearts to know him and understand him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.